Hi again, everybody. Stuart Gandalf here with another podcast. Today, we're going to be talking to Carol Norris-Smith, who is Vice President of Marketing and Public Affairs for Penn Medicine Princeton Health. And she'll be presenting at HCIC. As you know, if you're a loyal reader to our blog, we love video as a topic. And so her topic at HCIC will be engaging audiences through video. Welcome, Carol. It's great to be here. Thank you. I was reading through your description of your session at HCIC, and I think we take first things first. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about the evolution of video at Penn Medicine and kind of your role and how it's evolved, and then we'll talk about where it is today. But let's start with a little background and context. Community wellness is a very important part of our mission at Penn Medicine Princeton Health, and we thought that video would be one more way to engage the community. We do about 2,000 programs a year, uh, live programs, screenings, lectures, seminars, things like that. We serve about 40,000 people. And so we wanted to move into video as a way to engage them in yet another way. So most of your uh, videos then are patient-focused as opposed to professional-focused? It's really a variety of videos. We have um, education. We have kind of emotional connection. We do patient success stories. We profile our employees who have gotten a lot of recognition from patients. So it's really across the board. You began with this, and I was noticing in your description that you were initially doing a live video. Was that something that you guys were spending a lot of time on? How did that evolve? We did start with live video. We would have uh, live streaming, one of our experts talking about a topic, and people could uh, watch in the comfort of their own homes or wherever, and then write in questions so that the, the expert could answer them in real time. Um, we ran sure. into some issues with that, though, so we decided to kind of change course. We've talked in this program before about Facebook Live, for example, and there is sexiness to that. Facebook, at least for one, likes it a lot, but the, there certainly there are some challenges. What are some of the challenges that you guys did face when you were doing the live video? Well, what we found was that viewers like to watch live videos during the day. For some reason, that was when most of them would tune in to, to watch a live video rather than in the evening. And for the experts that we had, a lot of them were physicians or other clinicians, and they had office hours or they had other responsibilities, and so they weren't even available uh, to do the videotaping or to, to do the live video at that point. Um, the other issue that we had is that so many people were extremely nervous doing the live videos, even though they were experts in the subject matter, just being live in front of a, a viewing audience was just a bit too much for them. And that created challenges, too. A lot of people don't like seeing themselves on camera, and they're really nervous about what could go wrong. Oh, my gosh. And, and there's some validity to that. Then you switch to the recorded videos, which uh, I can totally understand. Are you scheduling around the doctor's schedules? Are you coming to them? Are you making things easier for them? How does the pre-recorded videos work? Do you have a studio? How are, how are you doing that? Unfortunately, we do not have a studio. Uh, but we do have some spaces here that have worked very well. Um, and we go to the, to the expert with the topic, uh, do a phone interview to determine their comfort level with it, and then decide if we want to move forward. And um, then we have somebody shoot it. We have make sure we have good sound, good lighting. And um, depending on the expert's comfort level, we'll use a teleprompter or we'll use cue cards. Some people don't need it at all, but other people absolutely insist that we have it. And it's worked out very, very well. And frankly, viewership has gone way up. Great. So that was actually something that really caught my attention. So uh, you, uh, I guess in the bar, it was going up about 37%. That's a lot. So 
What do you attribute that to? Is it just because they're, they, you think the content's better? or? Well, I think it's a combination of things. I think that um, the content is, is really good and the comfort level of the experts who are speaking is really good. Um, and we do a lot to promote the videos in advance. And so the people kind of know when a new one is going to premiere. And they also know that it's going to be up there so they can watch it at their convenience. You mentioned you're promoting the videos. How are you promoting the videos and what seems to work the best for you? We have an email list of 81,000 people who've actually subscribed to receiving emails from us. So we do e-blasts um, and we have found that's the most effective way to drive traffic to the videos. We also have a consumer magazine that goes out to 87,000 people in the community. We promote the videos in our health calendar that's in the magazine. We have an online calendar um, and we also promote it through social media. Once in a while, we've done radio commercials to promote it, but not so much anymore. That was really when we first got started. Has social media been effective for you to promote it as well? Yes, it's been really, really effective. We have about 35,000 people following us on Facebook, and uh, we often promote the videos on Facebook and, and include a link so people can just watch it right there. And that's been um, really effective. And are you boosting your post as well? Or are you doing it with just the organic or do you actually advertise a bit for those as well? No, we, we boost a lot of the posts. My experience has been, and I'm sure yours is as well, some topics do better than others. What kind of topics really work well to get interest from viewers? The topics that work really well are behavioral health, um, mental health and addiction related. The video that's been viewed the most over the past two years uh, was about women and drinking. And um, we also had one on eating disorders that was watched quite a bit, uh, school anxiety in children, and then the maternity-related videos are extremely popular because if somebody's starting a family or they're thinking about starting a family, it seems that you know there's kind of an insatiable desire for knowledge about pregnancy, childbirth, breastfeeding, um, all those topics. So we've had a lot of success with that. Um, we've also done um, we did a video in Hindi about diabetes. We have a very large Indian population um, in the Princeton area, and um, that was that received a lot of viewers as well. We have also done things in response to timely issues. When Robin Williams unfortunately committed suicide a few years ago, we did a video very shortly after that with one of our psychiatrists about suicide and suicide prevention and recognizing the signs that somebody may be headed in that direction. That's great. You know, you could actually save some lives if you don't you know, help people identify these things. It's hard to get the public to pay attention to anything. So when you have those opportunities, it can really work as well from a public yeah, service point of view as well, just from a marketing. Would you be willing to share some of the links to these videos you've referred to? Because that would be really helpful. Sure, sure. Look for the videos on our page on the blog post. Tell me about the length of videos. What have you found works there? Typically two to five minutes works yeah, well. That's my Totally makes sense. You mentioned about the production, and I, I, I find that when I talk to people about video, they're often really worried about production and um, you know, how they do it. It's going to be this incredibly expensive thing, and there's certainly ways of doing it, right? Some people show up with an iPhone and a little microphone external. Uh, others you know, use professional um, uh, camera people and editors, lights, camera sound. Tell me about how your production has evolved and what you're doing today. We are still using uh, a professional videographer. Uh, we just really want to make sure that everything looks and sounds as good as it possibly can, because we feel that that reflects on the speaker and on the institution. So that's yep. how we're choosing to do it. Um, and it's worked out very well for us. 
for sure. other things like videotaping at live events, we use an iPhone. Every year we have a kids marathon where kids run or walk uh, 25 miles over 10 weeks and then they come together to do the last 1.2 miles. And it's just a really fun and lively event for the kids. And um, we've, we've videoed there with just using iPhones and that's worked out fine. We work, you know, doing working with hospitals and practices. A lot of them have a hard time, don't have much to work with in terms of, uh, you know, especially if you go to a local office. You know, they've got beige walls and maybe you can find a plastic plant to put in the background. Uh, but you guys, <laughs> maybe, you've, maybe you've experienced that before. Yeah. Um, if you find in a, in a big institution like yours, there probably are some good spots. And, you know, one of the key issues is sound. You've alluded to that a couple of times. And people don't realize how much sound is out there until you start shooting video. I just had my uh, professional photo reshot the other day and I was telling the photographer how fantastically liberating it was to not worry about sound. I just was so surprised. <laughs> but, you know, photography and video, big difference. Were you able to find some locations that kind of feel like sets that you can just work with and set up pretty quickly internally? Yes, we have. Um, we have a medical library here. So um, it has a nice backdrop, obviously, of books and uh, nice shelves and, and nice art on the walls. And so we have shot there and we've been able to, you know, obviously put signs up outside, asking people to keep the noise down, et cetera. Um, and we've also shot in some people's offices that really look great and are kind of a, a bit off the beaten path. So the noise level is not as high as it would be elsewhere. Great. And of course, if you're shooting on your schedule, if you're doing it after hours, that helps a lot. Just a tip right. to some of our listeners, from my standpoint, our building, we moved into it um, with our agency. We have our conferences looks like a video set. So we designed it with that in mind because we do a lot of conference calls. We have various stages and there's several places throughout our building. Now we are an agency, so we're able to pick with that kind of that aesthetic in mind. But there's three or four places that we love and we come back to over and over again. And we have the same exact issue. We're in the common area. Sound is a problem, so we have to do it after hours. But if you think a little creatively, and you may be able to find other areas if, you, if you're in a facility that doesn't have good sets that you can find someplace locally where you can get, you know, a nice background to make it easier or create your own background. I think it's too easy to get overwhelmed. Just try it, right? Absolutely. Um, I'm assuming you've learned a lot through this process, right, uh, as you've gone through and done many of these videos? I definitely have. What kind of surprises have you found? Um, I was a little surprised at the, at the huge popularity of the mental health-related videos, um, and the maternity videos. They just uh, attract so many viewers that I was pleasantly surprised by that. Um, I was also a little bit surprised about the interest in um, our human interest stories. Our patient success stories uh, have been very popular. And we also shoot a series called Princeton Stars where we feature our employees who've gotten a lot of recognition. They're very popular with employees, obviously, because they like seeing their coworkers, but people in the community are watching them as well and, and commenting. And it's just a nice way for people in the community to get to know our staff a little bit better. Uh, we feature kind of everybody at all, all levels of the organization. And um, there's been a lot of interest in that as well. Any last takeaways or words of advice for our listeners about your experience with video? No, I, I think to kind of echo what you said a, a minute or two ago, you know, just try it. Kind of get in there. You'll, you'll learn stuff and uh, you'll refine it according to your own institution. But it's definitely worth doing. Carol, thank you for joining us. It's been very informative and I really appreciate your time. 